Kia Koto, no my hali mai ki filling is capsicum. Welcome to Filling is Capsicum, a poetry podcast. Kote Hotaka Rima Tene. This is season five, and season five is called Found Poems. And another first for the podcast. Today we have our first ever returning guest. Kia ora, my good friend Dave. How are you going, Dave? Hello. I didn't realise I was the first person returning. I thought you'd had a couple, but it's an honour. Thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. I think you're first. Let's just say I am. Sure. Um, which <laughs> means you're pretty high in the podcast stakes in terms of you've been a guest twice and you've done the theme music for a season. So you're right up there with the, uh, well, with me, I guess, in terms of, I want to say importance. I don't want to say importance, but I have twice now, so... Let's go with that. Ah, thank you. Ah, it's a pleasure. So let's jump straight into Finders Keepers, Dave. This is where I do a poem based very loosely around something I've found. Here's your choices that you can pick from. We've got Inside Outside, Historic Sight, Two Ears, Land of Confusion, Mike, Capacity, and a new one, Apple. I'll go for Land of Confusion. Ah, rats. Um, if you really want it, Dave, you can, but that's in my other book that I don't have in front of me and all the others are in this book. Is it okay if you pick a different one? Okay, I'll, I'll have Inside Outside. Go by. Thanks, Dave. Oh, it was the first, first page of this book. Shiny new page. Here we go with Inside Outside. Oh, also, Dave... Can you pick a name, please? As regular listeners will know, I used the same name for all these poems and I got bored of that pretty quickly. So I'm going to give you a choice of names that I will insert into the poem on the fly, which may make it sound pretty bad. But anyway, you can have Denzel, you can have Claude, you can have Ivy, or you can have Philomena. I'm going to go for Denzel. Denzel. Any reason for picking Denzel? Yeah, because Denzel was quite a funny character in Only Fools and Horses. Fair enough. Um, he wasn't in it a lot, but he was—he played like quite vital parts here and there. Yeah, I remember him now. Yeah. That name. All right, Kapai. Let's see if I can seamlessly drop that name in um, instead of what's written down. Here's inside outside. The sound of a car door opening nearby derailed Denzel's current train of overthinking. Is this the inside or the outside? asked the lady who had emerged from the aforementioned door. Denzel was baffled. Surely the car salesperson or online ad had covered the basics, like steering wheel location, number of seats, colour of paint, and which parts of our beloved planet counted as being inside or outside the vehicle. Granted, the car can easily change position, what with the nature of its job. So some confusion is inevitable. For example, if her companion had selected the adjacent parking space, the area that 
the unsure individual was currently standing in would indeed be inside the car. But she'd have to have her head sticking out of the sunroof and her feet aligned with holes in the floor of the car, like something from the Flintstones. As Denzel wondered whether there was a specific name for the floor of a car, the two people who had now fully vacated the vehicle strolled off and went about their day. Denzel watched them cross at the pedestrian crossing. Multiple cars resumed their journeys after their enforced pause, their drivers absolutely and undoubtedly inside their cars, while passing through the space where the two crosses had just been while clearly and unmistakably outside their own vehicle. The couple entered a shop. As they disappeared inside, Denzel found himself really hoping she'd got the hang of it by now. If not, shops were a good place to practice. On the whole, shops don't move. The squawk of a goal ended this narrative just as Denzel was introducing the idea of a wrecking ball to the equation. Finn. I think Denzel fitted in quite nicely there, actually. You reckon? Hmm. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. Any any yeah. suggestions for future names for poems that I could make a note of? Any submissions? Yeah, because I've ticked Denzel off now, so I need some other names. Any favourites you've got or any anything you'd like to suggest? Uh, what about Fiza? Fiza. How are you spelling that? Oh, the, the traditional one, Caesar, the, the only one. Oh, Caesar. I thought you said Fiza, like with a F. Nah, yeah, Caesar, the, um, the Roman one. Ah, nice. That's a good idea. Caesar. Yeah. yeah, why not? Denzel's gone. Caesar's in for next time, Carpi. As always, your poems are quite descriptive, and that one was, um, that one was one of your longer ones, I must admit. It was nice. Hmm. Can you work out which bit actually happened like which was the found aspect of that poem how much of that actually happened knowing you feel i'm gonna say all of it 100 percent. yeah i just whipped out the phone recorded it yep 100 percent. no it was only the one line is this the inside or the wrecking outside ball, the wrecking ball oh no okay <laughs> yeah not the wrecking ball just the line is this the inside or the outside so who knows what they were talking about they could have been talking about um, I don't know what could they have been talking about. Is this the inside or the outside? Yeah, there's not many things you could confuse the inside and the outside of. The inside or the outside? Unless well, you got a double-sided um, jumper. Oh, having two children of my own, children's clothes are quite clever these days. They are they do seem to, to make a lot of reversible clothes. Sometimes you're like, oh, is this the inside or is this the outside? And then you're like, oh, no, it's the outside. No, no, maybe it's the inside. What so, about, does the label yeah. not give it away a bit? Mm. Uh, well, does the label give it away? Or are they sneaky labels? Yeah, I think they're sneaky labels. Yeah. Sneaky labels. And what do you think the purpose of that is, Dave? Is it? Because children tend to be messy, so if they spill something down the top, you don't have to wash it. You can just flip it inside out, and it's still presentable. So it's halving your washing load, maybe? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of several things. I think, yeah, the the, 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 the dirty thing, you know, 
they can quickly switch it into another one, um, turn it inside out. Um, I think it is, uh, it's just a fun thing, isn't it, for kids? Like, so, for example, my son, he's got one on one side. On the inside, it's got cows. On the outside, it's got sheep. So, you know, mm. if he wants to have his sheep, then we turn it inside out. If he wants his cows, we turn it the other way. <laughs> so what you're saying, Dave, is if if he's a bit over cows, he can move on to sheep. Not bad. Yeah. He's, he's funny. So this place where we go um, in the UK, um, I guess for everyone listening, I am in the UK. Um, we go to this farm called Barleylands, and um, there are these big, um, what are big cows with like the, the horns and the what are they called? What are they? What type of cow are they? Shetland. You what? Sorry. Shetland or Angus or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Angus. Let's go with Angus. Uh, Angus, I think, suits it. So there's two of them, right? They're called Annie and Flora. And um, okay. because he's only two, he can't quite pronounce it. So he calls them Annie Wara. And um, he, he, but he only says it in one word. So it's forever Annie Wara, not Annie and Wara. It's Annie Wara. Ah. Um, yeah. So he's obsessed with Annie, Annie Wara. Um, and the other week, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh really, but the other week he went over there with his nanny and granddad and um, one of them headbutted him. <laughs> Whoa. Um, a headbutt by fine. a cow. It was fine. Just, uh, it, was, it was funny. It was his favourite animal. And um, I think he was, he went out, he, he tried to stroke it. And um, I think that Annie or Wara, whatever one, kind of turned round at the wrong time and just gave him a whack on the side of the face. Do you, um, think, do you think they yeah. were annoyed about the the poor pronunciation and they were trying to correct him yeah possibly yeah yeah there's two of us stop calling us annie wara is it the big fluffy orangey ones with the big horns yeah that's the one yeah highland yeah they're highland just highland yeah um, they're massive and they're lovely they are lovely like they're very friendly but um yeah just <laughs> just funny when i was young dave um also am i the only one who whenever someone says when i was young or when you were young in your head you do the little killers riff straight after it just me hi uh you yeah i i can't say i've done that oh anyway i don't want to get into my thoughts and feelings on the killers okay come back to that later on maybe in lost and found section (laughs) um but yeah when i was younger a lot younger. And I think I remember this, or I don't know if I just remember this through people telling me it happened, which I don't think is remembering. But there's a photo of me and my sister at some kind of farm park with a, I think, pony rather than horse. I wouldn't even show off and say it was a horse. But the story goes that smiling, smiling, happy photo. But the story behind it is that pony bit me. Um, And and the way I've remembered it being told to me was that someone was trying to take the photo and I was maybe feeding the pony or had my hand out but was looking at the pony and whoever took the photo said, look at the camera. And as soon as I looked at the camera, the uh, pony took a bite of my hand. I don't think it was a bad bite. It was more like a, a, a gummy nibble. But yeah, 
I'd, and right. that, but that's really interesting because this must happen a lot with children, right? In terms of, I don't think I actually remember that happening. I just remember people telling me about it. But even that was so long ago that I've probably got most of that wrong. And it's probably a bit like my poems, 90% fiction by now, and just loosely based on a thing that did happen. Interesting, eh? Yeah. It is interesting because, like, I only recently read or found out that when you remember something, you're not actually remembering the moment it happened. You're remembering the last time you remember it. Ah. Does that make sense? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, the the memory that you're remembering is the last time you remember it. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I fully believe it because when I think of things, I, I still think of them quite clearly. I'll definitely ponder that a bit more. I just remember Mr. Luck at um, school. Oh, Barry's just having a wiggle. You right, Barry? Um any background noise on this podcast episode is brought to you by either Barry the Corgi or George the Corgi, today's other guests and unsung heroes of the pod. Um, anyway, Mr. Luck, I remember him talking about revision, prepping for exams and saying it's like yeah. a field of long grass. And the first time you learn something, it's like walking through that field of long grass. The grass goes down, but it soon bounces back up. If you go and walk that yeah. same path again the next day, the grass goes down again and doesn't quite come up as far. And if you go and walk through that on that same path again the next day, eventually the grass stays flat, you know, and that, that was his um, analogy for main, retaining information. You have to go back to it again and again and again until it's solid in your head. So thinking, going back to your point, I guess those core memories or things that we really remember, we've revisited them, what, 10, 20, 30, 40 times. I forgot, yeah. I forgot where I'm going with right. this, but do you know definitely, what I mean? Definitely look it up or research it. It's, honestly, it, 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 it's really interesting. Mm. I, don't, I, mean, I don't know how they work this stuff out, like most stuff, to be honest, but um, supposedly, yeah, that's, that's how memory works from like, past events and things. How much yeah. how much of your life do you think you remember, like have memories of? I, d I think it depends on the question. Like, well, the question was, how much of your life do you think you remember? <laughs> well, no, right, okay. <laughs> okay, I see what you've done there. Um, <laughs> but the point I, okay, so the point I'm trying to say is, uh, so me personally, I reckon I can remember a lot of it. I'd like to say my memory's pretty good. But again, if you were to bite it, if you break it down into chunks, so if I had people in front of me ask me questions about um, school, questions about um, family, questions about sport, questions about music, you know, if I broke it down into chunks, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think my memory's pretty good. You're making it sound like a pub quiz, Dave. No, no, but do you know what I mean, though? It's, it's, it is an interesting question because I know people that I work with and they don't remember stuff that happened last month. And I'm like, how do you not like, remember that? And I bump into people from from Campion and I'll mention someone's name. And they're like, who? I'm like, 
And it's funny, like my wife, so my wife Lauren, like, so I feel like I know more of her school year than she does. She went to Hall Media and um, I'll mention someone's name and I'll be like, how do you not know that person? Like, how do you not remember that person? Like, mm. I'm, I reckon that I could still remember every single person I went to school with. Well, we were famously, not famously, we were in the same class from what, year seven through to year seven, eight, nine, ten, look. 11 so like five years we were in fisher together eh? yeah um yeah i mean i don't think we're going to go there and do it but i I'm, I'm with you dave i think i could reel off at least 20 25 of our classmates eh? my memory's pretty good like if someone asked me something about the past I, i'm pretty good at that oh yeah blah, 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 blah. And I'm not disputing that, Dave. I'm sure you've got a stellar memory. But the way I look at it is, think of primary school, for example, five days a week, what, six six years of primary school? I mean, I'm not going to do the maths, but it's hundreds and thousands of hours, right? Yeah. If you ask me to reel off some memories from primary school, I reckon I've got about 10. Yeah. So that's percentage-wise, that's probably less than 1% of the time I actually spent at school. Even think of Campion, where we, um, our high school, think of how many hours we were there for and how many of those actually got converted to memory. So maybe, maybe what you said is true, Dave, because the things that do stand out, when you replay them in your mind, as you said might be the case, you're remembering the last time you remembered it. So if you don't bother remembering things because they weren't memorable, they just get erased and going back to the grass field analogy the grass just grows back and the tracks disappear so interesting i also uh, i've got this weird thing where i remember things in color as well if that makes sense in terms of maybe it doesn't make sense i don't know like when i think of some memories it triggers like a color oh not just I was I was thinking you were claiming that everyone else's memories are black and white. No. Go on then. Like it's really strange. Um, here's one then, Dave. Into school cricket yeah. when you multiple times went in and hit the winning runs for our team. What what color is that memory? Green. Oh, I was going to go for yellow. Um, <laughs> okay. What's another memory? Um. Playing, playing Rolling Stones covers covers with Nameless, the band. Yes, it yes yeah, like a orangey blue, really weird, like a mix. Orangey blue mix, okay. Yeah, I, it's weird, isn't it? Like sometimes the memories just pop up when I, I think of it. It's like this color comes into my head as well. I don't know, maybe I'm just strange. Okay, one more. Um, pints of Guinness in the goose. Oh, the goose. Goose brown. Interesting. I thought it might be black just because of Guinness. Sowed that seed. Very yeah. interesting. Uh, one of my colleagues here, Dave, um, we've, she's Irish, but she lives here now, obviously. But her partner was from Romford. And oh. yeah, she knew that we were chatting last week when we met up and she knew the goose very well, and I was saying that we went to the wow. goose before it was a cool place to go to, eh? Hmm. Yeah, Iron One, Fat and Firkin. 
Ah, RM1 uh, had completely gone out of my memory. Thanks for reminding me of that, Dave. I'm looking forward to next time when I remember this moment of me remembering RM1. That'll be fun. Do you um, remember RM1? It's like the smallest club in the world. Yeah. Somehow we all got in incredibly underage. Massively. And I remember playing yeah. Guess Guess the first song. Didn't we all pick a song and whoever's song came on first was the yeah. winner? Yeah. Um, I've actually got a really sad story about RM1. Sad as in like how much of a dweeb I was. I remember we must have been 15, definitely 15, 16, because yeah, we are definitely underage drinking. And uh, we went to RM1 one night and um, definitely going to stop me. I'm not going to be able to get in. So I, uh, <laughs> I took with me my lucky Irish stone that I'd got from Blarney Castle on a uh, chamber choir tour trip and <laughs> kept it in my pocket. And when I got to the front door of RMM, they searched me and they found this, they found this rock in my pocket. <laughs> and uh, and I, just, I remember it so clearly, they were like, what is this? And I was like, I was like oh, that's, that's my lucky stone. And uh, they took it off me and let me in. So, I mean, in some respect, it was lucky. I got in. Um, in, in other respects, I never saw it again because they took it off me because obviously they thought it was some sort of job. But, yeah. Oh, stink. Some sort yeah. of drug or weapon. Yeah, maybe. Um, and what what a tale, Dave, from the from the dizzy heights of a chamber choir tour to Ireland to the grubby floors of RM1, the indie nightclub in I Romford. Know. I know. The two extremes. The two extremes of David Reed. If you want lucky stones, go to Blarney, Blarney Castle. Alrighty, Dave. Just to return to the poem. One note I've scribbled down about this. Tell me if you've ever experienced this. But something I really enjoy and find fascinating is if you're walking past um, a row of houses or something, seeing two people in separate houses who are actually really close together. Um, so this whole idea of occupying space that we mentioned in the poem. So someone, for example, might be in their kitchen facing the wall doing their dishes and someone in the next house might be in their bedroom, I don't know, hanging up a piece of art on the wall. And so the two people are actually only maybe a foot apart, like within hand's reach yeah. if the wall wasn't there. And they don't even know it. They don't even know that they're that close to another human being. I, I find that really fascinating. You ever had that kind of thing? Um, I've, I've never seen it, but I know what you mean. I've probably seen it in films, but I've never actually witnessed it in real life. Well, keep an eye out because it's pretty cool when it happens. And what I remember freaking out once. We were in Melbourne at a massive hotel, quite high up, like many, many floors up. And I remember just looking up at the hotel from the outside and realizing that my bed was against like, the external wall. And I really didn't like it, eh? Thinking there's only a few inches between me and just empty space with a, you know, massive drop below it. It really um, messed with my mind for a, a good few minutes. Eh? It was interesting. Yeah. Let's move on. Is there something that you have found that you'd like to share for this Finders Keepers section? Yeah, there's an interesting um, 
quote that I heard a couple of years ago. Well, is it a couple of years ago? So, I wouldn't call myself a massive James Bond fan, but um, <laughs> the the Daniel Craig films I think are brilliant. Yeah. Um, and the last the last one that Daniel Craig did at the end of the film, there's um, a quote that's read out, and immediately as soon as it was read out, I, was, I kind of researched it and um, I printed it out, and it's been and it's been above my computer at work ever since. And it, I guess it just reminds you of um, and to just live your life. Do you want me to read it out? Yeah, can you hear the massive plane going over? Oh, it's a helicopter. You can see it. Ah, uh, so well. Um, do you want to go back, Dave, and just say from above my desk again? Because that helicopter was quite loud, so I might chop that bit okay. out. Oh, I might chopper that bit out. Am I right? Just <laughs> keep that in. And um, yeah, I printed it out, and it's been. It's, it's. It's. I'm looking at it now. It's right above my um, my desk, like where I work, and uh, it just. I just thought it was really nice just to remind you of who you are and, you know, what you can do in life. But the quote is, the function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Mm. Anno, one more time. Yeah. The function of man is to live not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can see why it resonated. I mean, with... Yeah, so I mean, it's the last thing I expected in the James Bond film, to be honest, but uh, yeah. So who, who yeah. said that? Who said that in uh, James Bond? Well, I mean... Oh, Spoiler alert, right? Because it's at the end of the film, so Q says it, he reads it out. Uh, I don't think that's a spoiler alert, though. You haven't spoiled the film or anything. But I I wonder what to do in this situation, Dave. Who would you who would you accredit that quote? Who would you give accreditation to for that quote? Is it the character Q, or is it Ian Fleming who wrote the book? If it is in the book and not just in the film. Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I, I haven't read one James Bond book. All I've done is seen the film. But I, I would accredit it to Q. He finds mm. the right thing to say in that moment, which kind of sums up James Bond. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it now. No, I haven't printed out who actually wrote it, but, um, yeah, I'll have to Google it again afterwards. Oh, so you think Q might have just been quoting someone else? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He oh. reads it. He reads it from a book. Oh. Whoa. So wait. How many layers deep are we here? You saw it in a film, which is potentially based on a book, and it's someone who wrote. But in that, the character's reading it from another book. But that book might be fictional, yeah. right? Or oh, I'm lost. I'm lost. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. But he, he's kind of reading it. Um... It's by American writer Jack London. Ah, there we go. The quote was first published in San Francisco Bulletin in 1916. There you go. Nice. Also, Dave, I think we 
need to revisit your definition of what a spoiler is. I don't think anything you've said is spoiling this film. It's just tiny things that happen in the film. It's not like you're giving away massive plot twists. Mm, but, no comment. <laughs> okay. Okay. But maybe, maybe you're right to be cautious. Um, yeah. One more question about this quote of yours. You said you printed it out and put it above your desk at work. Are you talking, did you Google it and find one of those nice um, images on Google Images where someone's typed it out in a nice font with a nice background? Or did you actually type it out yourself on a blank document? No. Yeah, the second one, yeah. I, um, I looked it up, typed it out in Word and um, printed it out on A4. Let's talk fonts then. What font have you gone for? Uh, I'm going to say, looking at it now, Times New Roman, the standard. I don't think I played about. I just wanted it very bog standard, readable. Mm, um, yeah, interesting. Nothing silly. I'm a big railway fan. You used railway before? Possibly. I, I reckon I could spot it if it was in front of me, but off the top of my head, I, I, I can't. Um, at work, I think the, the standard font we use when putting together presentations is either... Arial or Calibri, Calibra, Calibri, Calibri, yeah, Calibri, Calibri. Um, yeah, there you yeah, go, to Zay. Railway doesn't stick out at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, Railway's a bit less harsh than all those ones you just mentioned. I think. Do you know what, Dave? I think this is finally going to crack it and going to get thousands of emails and messages in about best fonts, and it's going to start a whole a font feud, as it were. I reckon this is going to be a rich vein of discussion, eh? Uh, yeah, the various things break the internet, and this might be one. Do you know what? The Lloydon, because obviously, Dave, not obviously, um, for listeners who may have listened last time to the episode with Lloydie and Jimmy, um, we were all good friends at school, eh, Dave? So um, it's kind of us four down the goose often with the rounds of yeah. Guinness. Um, yeah. So their episode was the last one I recorded. And I've probably got the most feedback, if we can call it feedback, from that episode. But mainly around, we were trying to name famous Neils. And we got Neil Armstrong and a few others. But multiple people messaged me to say, Neil Young, come on, what are you thinking? And it took me a while, it took me a while, the first one anyway, took me a while to realize what was going on. Because the message literally just said, Neil Young, come on. I was like, what the heck? Like, what, what's, what's this in reference to? And then the penny dropped. And then, yeah, other messages came in along the same lines. So apologies to Neil Young for not saying your name in the list of famous Neils. But there we go. <laughs> Neil Morrissey. Oh, didn't get Neil Morrissey either. Um, Oh, he's the men behaving badly one, eh? Not the Smith singer. <laughs> No, that's just Morrissey. I'd actually know his first name. Maybe Morrissey is his first name. No, surely not. Anyway, um, let's move on, Dave. Let's move on to Lost and yeah. Found. So this will be right up your street because it's about music. Um, do you want to pick Lost, where you've lost the meaning of a lyric from getting it wrong, or Found, where you've taken deep meaning in a lyric? Uh, I'm going to say Found. Ooh, go for it. Um, so this one 
I think took a lot of people by surprise. But when I heard this song, it, it hit me like a thousand thunderbolt. Um, and the band uh, are possibly one of my favourite bands and up there with the Beatles. So it's a lyric that I've actually got tattooed on the inside of my left arm. Um, it's called This Must Be The Place. And it's by Talking Heads. Um, and it's just such a, a beautiful song. And it, it just it just it just makes me feel so homely and I think it's my favourite song of all time. Ooh. But my favourite part of the song is This Must Be the Place. Um so the pre the precursor is uh she lifted up my wings and said this must be the place. Um and essentially it's about being home and you know, wherever you are, you, you make your home, you find your home and you know, you fall in love with it and yeah, this must be the place. You know, you're in love. You got your people around you. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's such a great song. It really is. Now, Dave, tell me what the line before it was, please. Uh, she lifted up my wings. Yeah, I'm sure it's, she lifted up my wings and said, "This must be the place." Interesting. So she's talking about she lifted up my wings. So is it talking about a bird? Someone telling a bird that it's home? I think it's like an angel. Um, oh, angel. Oh. Yeah. Love talking. David Byrne is just, I think, he's such a creative um, and imaginative writer. And he wrote a really book, really good book, actually, about five or ten years ago, years ago called um, How Music Works. Oh. It's a really, really good book. Really good book. What, I definitely recommend it. What album should I listen to today then, Dave? Which Talking Heads album, other than Best Of? Um, right, let me bring up... What was the one I was listening to earlier? Uh, it is um, Remaining Light. Remaining Light. Carpi, I'll have a go today. All righty, Dave. Thanks for sharing your found. Nice to have a found... Um, from the guest, which means I get to do the lost. And this one's been sitting top of my list. So this is one I only got corrected by this. Um, I want to say a few years ago, but probably six or seven years ago now. I don't know how it came about, but I'll tell you what song it is first. It's Raspberry Beret by Prince. You're familiar? Lovely song. Yeah. Um, any guesses what I thought? those lyrics were like the the raspberry beret lyric no so i thought those words were i'll say it and then i'll sing it dance spiritual man nowhere near a but it works if you but if you no if you try it listen dance spiritual man but yeah. No, I can't. I think, because I'm such a big Prince fan, I can't unhear Raspberry Beret. Yeah. Well, once you know what the lyrics are, then you can't unhear it, can you? It sounds obvious. Yeah. But There's a song out then, the top 40 at the moment, where it's something like, um, in the morning, we'll waste away or something like that. And when I first heard it, I was like, um, what I think? Uh, yeah, when I first heard it, I thought they were singing, and we'll, in the morning, we'll put it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, Chris, the Christmas presents you don't want. <laughs> I'll try and send you it later. I'll try and find it. It's in the top 40 at the moment, the UK top 40. Nice. Yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, what? <laughs> what did they put on eBay? <laughs> um, it also goes to show that I clearly didn't know the next lyric of that song either, because what's the next one? The kind you find in a second-hand store. So, you know, yeah. if you're going to a second-hand store and finding a, a dancing spiritual man, then something's gone wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. How much for this old, yeah, this, this fella dancing spiritually? There. Five pounds. Yeah, I'll leave it. <laughs> also made me realise, once I knew the lyric, Dave, I know this is probably nothing because Prince has probably got hundreds of songs. Well, he has. But Raspberry Beret, Little Red Corvette, Purple Rain. Yeah. I think he's got a yeah. kind of ready, dark ready tones thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll always be just purple to me. What will? Have you, have you, I mean, the colour purple. Like, he... he I, uh, every time I've pictured Prince, just him in purple oh. guitar, purple outfit, purple car, purple bike, purple. Yeah. So we've gone back to your 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 feelings and your your colour memories, eh? Yeah, true. But yeah. What about yeah. your your Talking Heads song, Dave? What colour do you get from your Talking Heads lyric? Uh, white. Oh. Okay. Yeah, very sort of. Uh calm heavenly white nice all right well that was lost and found now for the final section of the pod dave this is called that's for you to know and me to find out and mm. this is where i read a little poem that i've written based on the previous episode so this was based on the lloydie and jimmy episode um and just to catch you up dave Lloyd's uh, snippet that he read out from the newspaper was an actress saying, I'm really excited about being in this film. I've read the book and this book is the Bible of religion. So pretty messed up, right? Very. Um, and we had a long chat about what it should have been. And we decided it was pretty hard to explain, actually, or think of another example. But we, I think we came to the conclusion that what she should have said is this book is the Bible of action books or this book is the Bible of yeah. horror yeah. books because you're saying, yeah, the Bible is the Bible I, of religion. So if honest, I, yeah. I thought the quote ended at I've read the book. <laughs> oh, read yeah, the... you've read the book, have you? Okay. Yeah. Good on you. Good for you. Um, you should be good in this, though. Yeah. Who was it about of interest? Or you can't I don't know. It? I never found out because Lloyd was giggling so much that he, he couldn't bring himself to say who it was, I think. He loved it. Um, so this is a poem I wrote based on that. And it actually helped me to make sense of this um, found piece of literature, I guess. No title, but here we go. This sushi is the Iron Maiden of heavy metal, sputtered Wince. Sybil was loath to correct him. She found herself doing it a lot, but she couldn't let this one slide. No, she began as calmly as she could. Iron Maiden is the Iron Maiden of heavy metal. 
What you mean is, this sushi is the Iron Maiden of Japanese main courses, or something like that. Wint stopped chewing and stared right into Sybil's soul. He slid the menu towards her and tapped a specific line of it with a soy sauce-covered index finger. Turns out Sybil should have bitten her tongue this time. The sushi was indeed named the Iron Maiden of Heavy Metal. Now that she looked at Wince's plate, it was obvious. The rice was moulded into skull shapes and everything. Sybil bit her tongue for the rest of the meal, metaphorically, but also literally due to an ambitious blob of wasabi. Finn. That's really good. I like that. Very clever. Also makes me really want sushi now. Yeah, I quite fancy sushi. If I like the idea of trying to mould the sushi into skulls. What else could you mould sushi in to make it specific for a, a band? A red hot chilli pepper. Oh. So it's more the ingredients in it than the shape of it. Yeah. This would be a great another great uh, thing to email in listeners, eh? If you've got some uh, band-based sushi that would be relevant, then feel free to email in. Um, the thing I worry about with this poem, Dave, is would a massive blob of wasabi make you bite your tongue? Or not really? I can't imagine no. it would, actually. I love, I love wasabi. It's good because it's hot, but then it goes quick. Eh? It doesn't like, ruin your meal, doesn't ruin the rest of your day. It, it just has its moment and then moves on. Yeah, you only get a really small amount of it as well, don't you? Yeah. I feel like I get a good amount. I feel like I, any more would be wasteful. But yeah, I guess it mm. depends on the place, right? Yeah. Alrighty, Dave. Well, that was, that's for you to know and me to find out. And of course, next episode, I will be writing a poem about your lovely quote that you've got above your laptop. So make sure you tune in for that one, eh? I will. That'd be really good to hear, actually. Not well, any of the other happening, but yeah, it'd be really good to hear how you do that. Oh yeah, do you want me to just? Um, I found out you can do this as well. Share a link to a certain part of the podcast. So do you want me to just send the link that takes you straight to the bit with your poems? So you don't yeah, have to yeah. listen to the rest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know. I know you're a busy man. You haven't got time for this nonsense. Um, <laughs> Kapai, thanks heaps, Dave, for coming on for the second time. Hope it was fun. Pleasure as always. Pleasure as always. It's good to catch up. Kapoi. Uh, while I'm doing thanks, thanks also to Jacob for the music for this season and Ryan for the artwork. And thank you for listening. Remember, you can email me, philandhiscapsicum at gmail.com. Um, also, philandhiscapsicum on Instagram. I think we're all over the whole Neil Young thing, so don't feel there's any need to message me saying we should have said Neil, Neil Young. Neil back. Neil back. <laughs> Who's Neil back? He won the World Cup with England, the rugby. Oh, the flanker. Yeah, Neil Back. Good one. There we go. <laughs> so no more messages about Neil Young or Neil Back, please. But we would love to hear if you've got any sushi, um, band-based sushi ideas. Just message with whatever you like, really, even if you're just saying hi. Um, so that's it from myself and Barry and George. And any last words, Dave? Uh, no, thank you very much uh, for inviting me on once again, and I uh, wish that part of the world a very 
happy Sunday, uh, Monday morning. Monday. Kapai. Hopefully, I'll catch you all for the next episode. Kakitiano. Bye. One, two, three.